Welcome to Passion Life Church. If you have your Bibles, will you turn to 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 20, and we're going to conclude a series that we have entitled Being Fearless. Fearless. You know, they've done a study, and what they found is there's about 2,000 fears that they have, have researched. And so through those 2,000 fears, um, they have learned that really we're only born with two of them. There's two fears that we are born with. One is the fear of loud noises. The second one is the fear of falling. You guys can turn the keyboard off. I appreciate that. So there's the fear of falling. There's the fear of loud noises that we are born with. But yet there's over 2,000 fears. And what they've learned is that we, we learn fears as, as, as we grow up and we, we learn fears. But here's the great news and what we've been looking at in this series. How many of you know if you've learned fears, you can unlearn them? And so we've been looking at this guy in the Bible. He's like a hidden hero. His name is Benaiah. He lived this, this fearless life and he actually experienced the benefits of, of living fearless. And uh, let's look at 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 20. It tells us more about his life. Benaiah was the son of Jehadiah, the son of a valiant man. Everybody say valiant man from Kazil who had done many deeds. He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. He also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. And he called and he killed an Egyptian, a spectacular man. The Egyptian had a spear in his hand. So he went down to him with a staff, wrestled the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Last week, we talked about how God is turning things around. God takes what the enemy meant for evil and he makes it good. Just like Benaiah took his own spear of this Egyptian, took it out of his hands and killed the Egyptian with his own spear. That's kind of what David did too. David, right? He took a slingshot, he killed Goliath and then took Goliath's own spear and cut his head off. <laughs> oh, wow, man, man, what, what bravery, what, what, um, a heritage that we have of our forefathers. Verse 22 these things Benaiah, the son of Jediah, did and won a name among the three mighty men. Today, as we conclude this series, I've entitled today's message, How to Be Brave. How to Be Brave. Today, we need brave Christians. Today, we need people, God's people, to be courageous and to be brave. You know, I don't know if you know the story of our church, but my wife and I left El Paso, Texas, where... We had lived for a majority of our life. I was a, a youth pastor. We had a thriving youth ministry, ministering to 750 youth a week, doing about four services. Sometimes I would do five services a week. Also traveling, doing conferences, because when people find out that your youth ministry is growing, they want you to come speak at their conference or at their church, and what an honor it was. And, but God began to move in our lives, and, and, uh, and we felt like it was time that, that God was calling us to start our own church and here in Marietta, California. And I'm going to be honest with you, um, I, I was very hesitant. And what I told the Lord is like, Lord, <laughs> uh, do we really need another church? Like, do we really need another church? And I felt like the Lord said to me, he said, Phil, I want you to start a church. And here's what he said. He said, it's brave, it's noble, and it's right. It's brave, it's noble, and it's 
right. We moved out here. We left our comfort zone and we planted Passion Life Church from scratch. And our first year we were here, we were going to different churches just to see kind of what the vibe was here in Marietta. Do people even go to church in California? I mean, that's what we thought, you know, living in Texas, you know, and so very encouraged, you know, and, and uh, I had a friend who still has a church here, a very good church, and they're friends of ours. And I asked them, I said, look, we moved here to plant Passion Life Church, but we don't want to be outside of community and fellowship, you know, because we're here a year before we planted. And can, you, can we just attend your church? We want to be in church. And he said, absolutely. I promised him. I said, look, I'm not trying to recruit anybody. I just, I need to be in the congregation. For those of you that understand what church does, there's nothing like gathering with people who are filled with faith, man, and light and want to just go after God. You can't get that at home, right? That's why the Bible says not to neglect coming together. So even when we didn't have Passion Life Church, we were still going to church somewhere else, worshiping together. And then I remember being in that service and I was just telling the Lord, look at all these people, God, you don't need, do you really need another church? But he guided me to all the empty seats and said, yeah, but what about this person that's not here? What about that person over here that's not here? What about this person that this seat has yet to be filled? Where are they? There are tons of people in Marietta and Riverside who still have not been reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. My church family, do you know that within a radius of 20 miles of this school, there are over 420,000 people? Can I hear a good amen today? And many of them have not, have not heard the gospel. Well, there's some great churches, but there are still people to reach for the gospel. Can I hear a good amen today? And that's why we're here. We're gathering, yes, to worship God, but we're also gathering to have a pep rally of how we can come together and serve our community and change the world. Anybody interested in that? And I remember that the Lord said, Phil, it's brave. Me though? Me be brave? I don't want to be brave. I want to be comfortable. That's what I want, really. I just want to blend in. I don't want to stand out, be brave. Come on. But then there was another part of me that was curious. See, oftentimes, this is how bravery starts as curiosity. There was a question, actually two questions that I had for myself. As I began thinking about this brave thought, here was the question. Are you ready? What would my life look like if I was brave? Woo! Is there part of my life and part of life in general that I just haven't experienced because I'm just not brave? What would my life look like if I was brave? But then the second question I had to ask myself is, what does it really take to become a coward? Is becoming a coward simply falling in love with comfort? Is that what becoming a coward is? Is that, Phil, are you just, is that what we live for? Just to be comfortable. That my whole life I can sit on the couch, go to work, pay my bills, and one day thank God that I'm going to be in heaven. What kind of life would that be? But this thought of what if I don't? I remember one night my wife and I were just lying in bed and talking and we knew that God was calling us out to California. And we just came to the decision, are we going to live our whole life if we don't do this, are we going to live our whole life wondering what it would be like if we did? See, I would rather try and fail than never try. Because the ones who never failed are the people who never try. 
they're the people who never move forward. And so we said, we're going to go for it. And the ironic thing is, is we just bought a house in Texas. Like we, we just lived there maybe seven months. And we're like the new house that we were like, God bless us with the house is going up for sale. But you know what we knew? We had a promise. The Bible says that any house, any family member that you give up for God, he in this lifetime will repay you a hundredfold in this lifetime. And we had to say goodbye to some family who lived there who we love very much. But how many of you know God gets blessed us with a new house and he's also blessed us with you, my church family, a new family. God always keeps good on his promises. But one of the things that I've looked at is when you look in the Bible, man, all of the heroes in the Bible were brave. They were all brave. And then I started to think about successful people because when you think about it, bravery is the only thing that every successful person has in common. It's not innovation, right? Innovation without bravery will never see the light of day. It's not even intelligence. Intelligence isn't what every successful person has in college, in, in, in common. Intelligence without bravery is just a wasted gift. It's not even vision, my church family, because vision, listen, vision without bravery is just an idea because you never take the first step. So you can be a visionary, but if you're not brave, the vision that you have will never come to pass. Come on, I'm preaching good already. And so I love vision, but we've got to be brave. And here's the cool thing is that, why you said, Pastor Phil, why are you talking about bravery? Because I believe bravery is a skill that unlocks every other in our life. And I'm talking about bravery today because I think in the last two years, two and a half years, fear has had a good run. Fear has had its run. So now it's time that we need to stand up and we need to be brave. And so we've been looking at this guy, Beniah, because he, he was brave. I mean, he, he lived a fearless life. I mean, the Bible tells us he wrestled a lion in a pit on a snowy day. I mean, think about it. It was the worst foe, the worst possible place, the worst possible conditions. Man, and he won. The Bible says that he took on two incredible warriors of Moab. The, the Bible talks about they were as fierce as lions, and he beat both of them. He actually killed a spectacular Egyptian who the Bible says was a giant. He went after him and he killed them. And as I begin to read and be inspired by Benaiah, I had a question. And the question is, was how did Benaiah become so brave? Did he have magic in his muscles? And I want to submit to you, there were two ways. Number one, he actually learned bravery from his father. I was so challenged and inspired by today's message. I hope that I can do well. I'm praying that God will help me convey this to you. But the Bible says that Benaiah's father, Jediah, was a valiant man. The word valiant in the Hebrew says that his own father, valiant means he was a champion. He was a great man. He was a mighty man. And as a father, that really provoked me because Benaiah learned to be fearless from his father. Jediah, Benaiah's father, left a legacy of bravery, not of fear. And this is sobering to me as a father because I'm either going to leave a legacy of fear to my child or I'm going to leave a legacy of faith. 
Now, some of you are listening and you may go, Pastor Phil, I, I don't have kids. I know, I get it. But you know what? There are people around you that your life impacts. See, I think what at times we don't realize that you and I are gonna leave a legacy whether we believe it or not. At one day, if Jesus does not come back, you're gonna be at a funeral, lying there like you have been when you've been to other funerals. You will be the one in the box and people will stand up and they will talk about you and the impact that you had on their life. And what are they going to say? I've, as a pastor, been to many funerals and I'm always inspired when people are getting up and they're talking about the person who's passed away and they're saying how they loved God and the way that they loved God changed my life. Their faith is still speaking today from beyond the grave. It's changed my life. My church family, you are going to leave a legacy whether you like it or not. The question becomes, what kind of legacy will you lead? What kind of legacy would it be? Will your kids have a legacy of fear because of the things that you're always talking about that you can't do? Because here's what I've learned about parenting and, and with, my, with my child and even just in life. Some things are taught, but some things are, other things are caught. Your kids are smart. They're picking up things. How you talk, well, I can't do that. You know, I don't like to drive when it gets dark. I'm just afraid. Why? Do you not realize you have angels that encamp around your car? But we say things like that, and we don't even think of the impact that it has on the people around us. Why are you afraid? Why are you not brave? What kind of legacy? But you know what? Benaiah also learned bravery not only from his family, he learned bravery from the people around him. See, he followed King David. King David in his own right killed, right? A lion, a bear, and a giant. That was his model. His model of a person was a brave person. But not only that, everybody else he hung out with, all of Benaiah's friends were brave. They were part of David's mighty men. And you may say, listen, Pastor Phil, to be honest, when we talk about learning bravery from our family, I don't have, you know, I didn't have a good relationship with my father. Maybe my father wasn't brave. Can I just encourage you real quick, my church family? You have a heavenly father who is brave and who is courageous. And as a people of God, we have the opportunity to start a new branch on the family tree. Can I hear a good amen today? And so we can look to our father, but it also is a caution for us to look at the people around us. You know, there's a popular saying when I was a, a youth pastor, show me your friends, show me your future, but that's not just for youth. If all of your friends are single because they're divorced and you're married and they're always wanting you to hang out with them, girls night out, girls night out, don't be surprised if all of your divorced friends don't wanna see you divorced because they're lonely. Oh, I'm preaching good. But what if all of your friends were brave? What if all your friends were strong Christians, people who came to church? All of Benaiah's friends were brave. Now, let's be honest. We're not all naturally brave. But here's, here's the great message of today. We can learn bravery. 
We can learn how to be brave because my church family, faith, courage, being brave is part of our heritage from our forefathers that we sang today. The God of Jacob, the God of Moses, the God of Isaac. Come on, they were all brave. Can I hear a good amen today? And I think what we don't really realize as I was studying this, I was like, whoa, man. Do you know that God commands us to be brave? Do you know he commands us to have courage? And so what I thought today, I want to give you three keys on how to be brave. But I think if we're going to be brave, we have to understand here's number one. God always makes deposits before he makes withdrawals. Listen, God told Joshua, Joshua one line, listen to this. Have I not commanded you? Be strong, be courageous. Do not be afraid. Watch, do not be discouraged for the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. Did you know that courage is a command? I know it's not one of the top 10 commandments, but it is a command. And when I was studying this, man, this really, really spoke to me today because I know we don't think this way, but listen to what God says. He says, don't be afraid. And I'm commanding you to be courageous. So I'm making a deposit in you and I'm saying, here's the deposit. Now I'm just saying, here's the deposit of courage. Now I'm going to demand that you be that you be courageous because I've already put a deposit in you because you know, my church family, God will never make a demand in your life in any area of your life that he hasn't already made a deposit. Now watch this. You have two choices, fear, Faith, watch this. You have two choices. There's no other. Courage or discouragement. And you get to choose. Okay, I looked up this word, be not dismayed. Uh, be, be not discouraged. Other translations say dismayed, right? Listen, this word dismayed in the Hebrew means this. To break down by confusion and fear. To go down. Discouragement means this dismayed, break down by confusion and fear to go down. And I want to submit to you something today, my church family. Is being discouraged a result of a fear that you haven't overcome? Let me break this down. God told Joshua he was on the precipice of going into the promised land. He says, if you are going to live the life that I've called you to live, you're going to need courage. But do you remember many years ago, Moses was going, they were going to the promised land and they sent spies into the promised land. And remember, 10 of them came back and they said, oh man, the giants are big. Oh, the giants. Oh, we cannot do what God called us to do. And it was Joshua and Caleb that said, they will be bread for us. Listen to this. Listen to this. I hope you catch this. The Bible says that because 10 men spoke that over all of God's people, that they began to cry and they began to be discouraged. One translation says they cried all night. Why were they crying? Why were they discouraged? Because they didn't have courage to overcome the fear that they had. So what is the opposite of courage? Discouragement. If they would have overcome like God wanted them to, they would have not been discouraged. So I wonder sometimes when we are discouraged, it's because of a fear that we have not faced, that we should have faced, that actually God deposited the courage in us to face, but we just don't face. And here's the tragedy of the children of Israel. They died in their discouragement. 
So you can either be encouraged and be courageous, but here's the result if you don't. Dismayed, discouraged. And look how it says confusion and fear. They were confused that when they got to the promised land, oh, there was giants. That confused them because they didn't realize what was inside of them was more powerful than what was in front of them. And so they they chose to act in fear and many of them died in the wilderness with discouragement. But I'm telling you today, my church family, God has made a deposit of courage inside of you. You know, the word courage in the Hebrew actually means to be brave. Listen to this, to be bold, to be solid, solid. Ephesians 6, 10 says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. God has already deposited the courage you need to face the fear that's before you. Can I hear a good amen today? Come on, say this with me. Say, I am courageous. Say, I can be brave. And so the way that we unlearn fear is by learning faith. You know, we don't have to live in fear at all. You know, the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. If God does not give us fear, we do not have to receive it. But here's the cool thing. Here's another thing that God has deposited in you. He didn't deposit fear in you. Listen, you know what he deposited in the children of God? He deposited already in you is faith. Romans chapter 12, verse three says, God has dealt to each one of us a measure of faith. Everybody say, I got faith. I got faith. As a matter of fact, Mark eleven twenty two 22 says this, have faith in God. So my faith is not even in my own ability. My faith is not in, oh man, I'm so good at this. My faith is not how many degrees I have on my wall. My faith is in God. But the literal Greek says it this way, have the God kind of faith. My church family, when you became a Christian, here's what God deposited in you. He deposited his faith, his faith is in you. You know, second Peter chapter one, verse four says that you might be partakers of his divine nature. You know, it's something I've been saying this whole year and it's so true. And I keep saying it because I think we still need to hear it. God did not deposit in you a mini me Holy Spirit. God has deposited the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It dwells in you. And if you believe it and have faith for it, the Bible says it'll quicken your mortal body. Can I hear a good amen today? You are partakers of his divine nation, not divine nature. Now, I think what sometimes we don't understand is we always hear people or we will think, man, I just need more faith. No, you don't need more faith. Hear hear me. You have all the faith you ever need. The question is, the question isn't, do I have enough faith? God has already made the deposit. Listen, what you need is to develop the faith that you already have. The Bible says if you have a mustard seed of faith, you could move big mountains. Why? He, he stresses a mustard seed because it is actually one of the smallest seeds. What is the point? He's saying if you have a mustard seed of faith, if you will just use the faith that has already been deposited in you, you could do big things. Come on. Can I hear a good amen today? You know, here comes the new year, right? And so we're going to have our resolutions. And for some people, it's like, yeah, let's go. Come on, let's get back in the gym. 
You know, I, I want to get my muscles more defined. I want to get my muscles bigger. So you go to the gym, right? You start lifting up. All of a sudden, your muscles start to become bigger and more defined. Well, what happened? Did you get all new muscles? No, you didn't get all new muscles. You didn't go to the ER and get muscles transplanted into you so you could be bulk and yeah, right? No. Actually, all the muscles that you need are already in your body. Here's what happens. The muscles grew because you exercised those muscles. You, here's what you did, right? You started to develop them. Side note here, just real quick. That's why we're doing this end of the year, right? Heart for the house offering. We're trying to raise an additional $7,000, right? For all our new signage and everything we're gonna be doing for Christmas Eve that's gonna just be so amazing. Why? Why are you doing it, Pastor Phil? To stretch your faith, to develop your faith, to make you brave. And there's not a better way than in finances because we trust our finances and we trust our money and sometimes that just becomes our God, Right? But you don't get all new muscles. No, what happens? You exercise. Come on, everybody say exercise. You exercise. Now, as a child of God, you can grow your faith. How? By increasing your understanding of who Jesus is, right? And what else? By knowing more of the word of God. You know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Let me say it this way, because this is how it says in the literal text. Faith comes by understanding the word of God. How can you have faith in what you don't know? It says have faith in God, but I want to know God. See, and as you walk with him, faith is this, this confidence and this trust that you know, man, God is faithful to his word. It doesn't matter how big the giants are. If God said I can have the promised land, I'm going to have the promised land. My church family, you know what is so interesting about this whole story about Joshua going into the promised land. Do you know that uh, 40 years later, after the whole generation dies because they're discouraged, when they actually get into the promised land, they found out that the giants were more afraid of them? What do you mean? They actually said, the giants told them, they said, we heard about what God did in Egypt and they were afraid. So literally the children of Israel, all they had to do was just show up. All they have to do is show up and do what God said. And the walls fell like the walls of Jericho. Come on, can I hear a good amen today? But we can grow our faith by hearing the word of God, right? This is why I believe Satan tries to cut you off from reading God's word. So you don't know God. Let me just tell you, Pastor Phil, I, I, I want to hear God's voice. And I, I'm just having a, a problem hearing God's voice. If you can't hear him, read him. Read him. Here's his voice to you every single day. Every single day. But I think this is why the enemy tries to cut us off. Because he doesn't want our faith to grow. He tries to cut us off from the word of God. He tries to cut us off from coming to church. From listening to messages. My church family, the more knowledge that you have, the more capacity you have to have your faith grow. My church family, you have faith. God has deposited in you. You don't have fear. You have faith. Come on, say that with me. Say, I have faith. Come on, say, I have faith. I want you to say that next time you're thinking about and debating about something and say, ah, say, I have faith. I have faith. We're learning how to be brave today. So we understand that before God makes any withdrawals, he always makes a deposit. You have faith, not fear. You have courage 
today because God has put that inside of you. But you're going to have to take a step. Here's number two. I think we have to stand, understand about bravery is bravery is a choice more than it's an emotion. It's a choice more than it is an emotion. I think oftentimes we let our feelings dictate our decisions. You know, when the truth is, it's our decisions that will bring about the correct feelings in our life. You know, I've been married now 13 years. And man, I love my wife. I love her, love her. Like all the time. Even when we're mad at each other, I get upset because I want to be close to her. So I can't be mad that long. And you know why I love her so much? This may shock to you. It's not because she's beautiful. Because she's beautiful to me, to God. It's not because of things, you know, I can't say things here today. There's children in here. It may surprise you why I love her so much. You know why? Because I choose to. The feelings of love come to me because I've decided and chosen to love her. Let me talk to all the dog people here in California. You love that little thing that poops in your house, puts hair all over, and you love it. I may not love it, but you love it. Why? Simply because you choose to. You know, the other day we were walking around our neighborhood and we were looking at this family and we looked at what they were holding. And I'm going to be honest with you. It looked like an alien to me. I'm just going to be honest. It looked like it was from another planet. And we were just like looking at it. And it turns out it was a little Chihuahua dog. And I mean, it, it just, I was like, and this family was going nuts. <sighs> showing the, it was like Simba. They wanted to like hold it up and we we're just like, and it, and you could tell they wanted us to come over and like go crazy over it. But I was like, I, how could you, if that thing came into my house, honestly, I would think it was a rat and I would get the broom. And, but you know what, to be honest, why do they love that thing? Cause they decided to. They made a decision. Guess what? The right decisions always lead to the right emotions. I had a mentor tell me that. I had a mentor tell me, Phil, if you're going to wait on emotions for your devotion, you may never get to where you need to be. And sometimes, my church family, we're waiting on emotion for our devotion when it needs to be my devotion is a priority over my emotion. So I no longer ask myself, do I want to read this? Sometimes I just pick it up and start reading it. I didn't ask myself today, oh, Phil, hey, how you doing today, Phil? I'm doing good. How are you, Phil? I'm doing great. Hey, you want to go to church today? You want to stay home and watch the Steelers play the Saints? Man, that would be awesome. Just kind of, you know, make some home made popcorn. You got that popcorn thing and just sit on the couch and, you know, just, you know, just, just stand. How do you, how do you, how do you feel? How do you feel about it? I don't feel anything. As a matter of fact, this week I was battling a cold and all this stuff. And, and I said, you know what? I'm making a decision 
I'm not going to ask myself, Phil, how do you feel? Because here's what I found. Even there's days when I come here and I'm like, man, there's a lot going on. Here's what I know. When I walk out of the door, when the service is over, man, I, then I feel free. Man, then I feel amazing. When I get into worship, I'm like, I'm so glad I made the decision and I just didn't allow my emotions to dictate my life. Can I hear a good amen today? And what I've started to learn is what I need is more important or more of a priority than what I want all the time. So my standard is devotion, not emotion. But if you're going to analyze your feelings, let's just be honest here this morning. The first thing you are going to feel is fear. When you're talking about being brave, you're going to feel fear. Fear happens. You're going to feel it. And I'm going to tell you, our feelings are made up of what we allow into our mind through our eye gate, through our ear gate. I mean, you think about Benaiah. He's looking at a lion. It looks big. He's looking at the spectacular Egyptian. He looks, he's a giant. He looks big. He's looking at the two warriors of Moab. He's outnumbered. That's what it looks like. He's hearing the roar of a lion. If you base that and you're going to base being brave on your feelings, you'll never be brave because bravery, usually you feel after the fact, right? But first you make a decision. I'm going to do this. I'm afraid. Watch, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to make a decision. I feel the feelings, but I'm going to make a decision because I'm devoted. And then after you kill the lion, you're like, Ooh, man, I feel brave. But I didn't feel that way in the beginning, but so many people allow their emotions and their feelings to dictate their life. And I'm going to encourage you because if you live that way, you won't walk by faith because the Bible says we are to walk by faith, not by sight. Come on, I, I, want, a, I want a brave church. So I gotta, pe- I gotta preach brave. Because so many of us, it's always about what we feel. I just don't feel that. Maybe you won't. Can I ask you a question? What does faith feel like? For many of us, to be honest, if we're honest, when you think about your salvation experience, even mine, giving my life to Christ was a decision. I, didn't feel, I, I was actually gonna commit suicide. That's what I felt like. And finally, I just make a decision to go, God, I give up. And when I did that, whoo, man, I was flooded with feelings. Man, feelings of, of feeling righteous, of love and peace. But you know what? That came after I decided to repent and give my heart to Jesus. Come on, are you here today? Come on. So courage is doing it afraid. Listen, bravery is moving forward despite what you feel and despite what your feelings are telling you. Bravery is motion despite the emotion. It's action despite the apprehension. Bravery is making a decision. I'm gonna focus on God and let him determine the outcome, but I'm gonna take the steps. My church family, oftentimes when it comes to being brave, you'll feel it after you've decided to face the fear. But if you're waiting to feel brave before you are brave, you'll never step out and be brave. Come on, can I hear a better amen? So it's a choice more than it's an emotion. I just, I just wanna say this before, because we're gonna close here in a moment. I talked to so many people who are getting divorced. The marriages aren't working out. 
you hear this, we just fell out of love. Like love, I, I just don't like these words. We fell into love. I was walking one day, minding my own business. Oh, I love you. What happened? I tripped. I fell. It was beyond my control. I fell into love. So now we're walking. Oh, I don't love you anymore. Come on, somebody. It wasn't my responsibility. I tripped and I fell in love. And now I tripped and I don't love you anymore. I don't even know who you are. Because you know what? Because we ain't going to take responsibility for our choices. Instead of, I love you because I choose to love you. Yeah, even when you're a jerk, come on, I still love you. Aren't you grateful that God doesn't fall in and out of love with you? That the Bible says that he is love, that he is consistent. So what you do or you don't do, it doesn't change his love for you. His love is full of mercy and full of grace. Come on, somebody. I don't know if anybody's ever told you, but God chooses to love you. He chooses. Bravery is a choice before it's an emotion. I just want to encourage marriage couples this, this week. Just say this week, I'm just going to love my sp- I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to treat him like he is the king that he is. Come on, somebody. Phil, he needs to work out a little bit. And come on, speak those things that are not as though, he, as though they were. Come on, treat her like the queen that she is. Start deciding and watch the feelings come. Here's the last one for today if we're going to be brave. I've noticed that everyone who is brave has a goal in mind. Nobody's just brave because, right? The goal is the purpose for the bravery. See, bravery has a desired end. Brave people begin with the end in mind. You know, when we were little, I don't know how many of you did this, but me and my brother, man, when we were like seven or eight years old, man, we used to get a a towel, put it on our back like a cape. We used to punch holes in our socks and we used to put it on there. And then we would get on the top of our, our, our bunk bed in our underwear. Come on, somebody, because at that time there was underoos. Anybody remember underoos? You could buy Batman. You could buy Aquaman, right? And so we would jump in our underoos off of the top of the bunk bed, land on absolutely nothing. That's why I had like four concussions growing up and nobody knew. Come on, somebody. And so, right, but it didn't matter. Why? What was the goal? We thought we were going to save the world in our apartment, in our bedroom, in our room room. We're jumping off the dressers, right? Boom, knocking our heads. Why? We were being brave. Why? Because there was a goal. We got to stop, right? The joker. We've got to stop all of this in our head. But here's my point. There was a goal. My church family, Noah, why was he brave? Because he built an ark because there was a rain coming that he didn't even know what rain was. You know, this last week we were down at Seaport because I had some family in and uh, we were standing at Seaport and the, D- the Disney Cruise Line was there. And then when you, I mean, you see it, but when you see it and, and the front of the ship is like right in front of me, you're like, whoa, man, this thing is huge. And I was telling my family like, man, this is amazing. I mean, whoever designed this, but I just had this thought, like who was the one that built the first boat? Noah. He had no, the only plans he had is what God gave him. 
And my church man, he didn't even know what a boat was. But you know what? As, as the times were wicked and he was getting made fun of, he was brave. Why? Because he had a goal. I've got to build the ark. I've got to save my family. Why was Joshua brave? The goal was we've got to get to the promised land. My church family, why was Jesus brave? Jesus was brave in the garden while he is praying and the capillaries in his, in his forehead are breaking and blood starts to come down. And he says, God, this cup right now is overwhelming to me. He says, if you can just take this cup, he says, but listen, not my will, your will be done. Why was Jesus brave? Because the goal was not just the cross, my church family, the cross he went to, but the cross was the means for him to die. So why? So he could resurrect. Here is the goal. So man could be reconciled to his father. There was a reason why he was brave. There is a cause in the because. I'm brave because. And see, the goal is the reason why we stretch. The goal is the reason why we're patient. The goal is why I'm saying no to the good right now for the best things in my life. The reason why I am uncomfortable and getting out of my comfort zone is because there is a goal. I am seeing the end from the beginning. Bless you. And as we close today, what was Benaiah's goal? Benaiah's goal, the Bible says, was he wanted to be named among the mighty. Pastor Phil, that doesn't sound like humility. You know what I was thinking about when I was thinking about humility? I think bravery is the result of humility. Because all of them understood the power of God. Let me say it this way. They were humble because they didn't think that it was their strength that was doing what needed to be done. I just want to end with this today. You know, each challenge that Benaiah faced increased his capacity and fueled his courage. Each battle that Benaiah faced prepared him for the next one. And I want to close with this. This is, this is an incredible thought, I, I, I believe. Do you know that Benaiah, if you do more study, and his father were actually instrumental in advancing different kingdoms. It went from a lion to a giant to taking on warriors to advancing, actually, kingdoms. Jehadiah, Benaiah's father, was instrumental in preserving the life and the throne of young King Josiah when there was an uprising. And Jediah, probably maybe he didn't know, maybe he did, that his young son was watching him be brave towards a king. Benaiah not only served under King David, the Bible says that he became David's bodyguard. That in itself, that title to me is admirable. But my church family, what I'm, I want you to understand is that every fear that you face is an opportunity for more advancement and promotion in your life. And I've been saying this throughout the series, and I want to say it today as I close. The life that you want and the life that you desire is on the other side of the fear that you're going to have to face. And he not only became David's bodyguard, do you know that David's son Solomon became king? 
and there was an uprising against Solomon's kingdom. Guess who Solomon looked to to help him establish his kingdom? A man by the name of Benaiah. Do you know the Bible says that Benaiah became the general in Solomon's army? You want to be talking about named among the mighty. I think maybe Benaiah just thought, man, if I could just get close to David, if I could just be one of those mighty men, one of the top three, man, I'm his bodyguard, it's great. But did you know that God actually used him and his father to advance kingdoms? And that now Benaiah would be the general over all the army of Solomon? My church family, every fear that they face brought another promotion, another advancement, but mostly they enforced the kingdom of God. Everybody look at me today because we're going to close. Do you know that you and I today are living in their legacy? Today, through David, through Solomon, because their kingdoms were established, Jesus would come through their lineage. And today, you and I will be celebrating Christmas, Jesus coming to the earth. We celebrate God coming into our lives. And it was because of brave men who stood up and were brave. They left a legacy. And I'm going to ask you a question today, my church family, as I close. What will be your legacy? The legacy of your life, the legacy of your house. Will it be a legacy of fear? Will it be a legacy of faith? Will it be a legacy that advances the kingdom of God here in Marietta? What will be your legacy? I want to ask you one more question before I pray. Because bravery can look like a lot of things to a lot of people. But I want to ask you this one question. What does bravery look like to you? Look at me for a moment. Me standing in front of you is not bravery for me. It's fun. Now, this may scare the crap out of somebody else and is brave for them, but it's not brave for me. This is easy. But bravery for you, what does that look like? Can bravery for you be telling your kid no? When you want to tell them yes, when they're on the floor throwing a temper tantrum and you want to just give in, is bravery saying no? Is bravery for you looking at somebody, a coworker, and saying, can I just pray for you? What is bravery for you? It's different. It's different for me. It's different for you. Maybe bravery for you is it's time to start the business that you've always dreamed to start. You got to start because you can't finish what you don't start. What is bravery for you? Maybe bravery for some of you watching online is taking the first step to get back into church and say, I know I I feel guilty. I know I feel, but I, I know I need to come. I know I need to be a part of the family God. That's bravery. Can I hear a good amen today? What's bravery for you? Maybe for some of you, it's to start to serve in a different capacity. 
not just coming to church, but actually some of you have a gift that you could even preach and, and you've just never stepped into it. Maybe that's bravery for you. And I'm telling you today that God has already invested in you the courage and the bravery you need to leave a legacy, to be fearless. How many of you receive that today? Give the Lord a good round of applause. Would you bow your heads for just a moment and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, what a word. Lord, today we thank you for your courage. My church family, just receive the courage that God has for you. Just receive it by faith. Know that you have faith today. You've got faith to do what needs to be done. And oftentimes the Holy Spirit has already been showing us and leading us and helping us to be the parent we need to be, to be the employee we need to be, to start the business that we needed to start. And Lord, we thank you that we're not lacking today. We thank you that we have the courage to move forward, to say what needs to be said. Maybe for some of us to be brave today is actually having the conversation that we needed to have. We haven't had it. The courage to, to say no, to set up some boundaries in our life. The courage to resist the temptation. We thank you, Lord, that you've already empowered us to be courageous. So we stand, Lord, today in faith. We're not going to draw back. We're going to move forward. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. I thank you for advancement, for promotion. Father, that you would give us a vision of what's on the other side of the fear that the enemy is trying to block us and sabotage us with, but that we will make a step despite how we feel despite the fear and be the people that you've called us to be, to leave the legacy that you want us to leave in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. Come on. Can we give the Lord a good round of applause? Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.